0: hello this is terry and this is coco and this is adventures in organized chaos where we talk about local politics
1: national politics
0: some culture
1: lots of culture
0: some movies
1: definitely some movies
0: maybe some books mm. and we talk about organizing
1: absolutely let's talk
0: about that movement work let's get into it
1: all right okay hello what's up coco hi terry what's going on how are you I'm all right. I'm a little uh, discombobulated, but it doesn't take much for yeah. me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Why is that? Why are you so uh, discombobulated?
1: Well, it's. It, I think it's for a good reason. We're in a brand new podcast studio at Holyoke Media.
0: Oh mm, my gosh. You're so right. And there's like really these nice. panels on the wall. And so I like our sound is better.
1: Yeah. This is pretty professional stuff yeah. here. Yeah. I'm really liking it. It's
0: nice. So. It's nice. It's nice. It's a nice little cozy room. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: No, we're not in the fishbowl anymore.
0: Not in the fishbowl. <laughs> in the boardroom. Where we're like, Squirrel. Oh wait. Right. Oh, are we recording? What? Yeah, I have oh. no idea what's going on.
1: <laughs> but yeah, this is really nice. Yes. Um,
0: so shout out to Holyoke Media for like just having this space for community members to use, right? Like Yeah, totally. Really sweet spot. And so we got a little training on all the equipment in here, a little bit. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> We were really enjoying the last system because it made it really easy to edit. But now
1: it's still easy. It just looks different and we're not used to it.
0: And it's intimidating, right? It
1: is pretty intimidating. But it's
0: but it's OK. It'll be all right. I don't
1: think it's more complicated, but I think it has more abilities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it has like superpowers, you think?
1: And probably. Well, it does have the superpower of balancing out our our, our voices, which right. is really nice.
0: I like that. I like that. <laughs>
1: We're coming in crystal clear from Holyoke Media.
0: Super clear. (laughs) So so don't get it confused.
1: (laughs) Oh, anyways. So what are we talking about today, Terry? Uh,
0: I I don't know. I spent all morning long preparing for uh, a staff retreat tomorrow about my section is all about care. So like, I'm just all I can think about is care and the conversation of care. Sounds
1: very warm and fuzzy. It
0: is. It is, but I got deep. I went in deep, so I don't know if you want to get in deep. We could definitely get in deep. So, and topic
1: can, one, care.
0: I mean, yeah, we can talk about care, right? <laughs> okay, all right. That's
1: it. that's one topic. I just I ha- I have more police stuff, of course. All so. Right, so, if you have other stuff other than care, please say Cocoa it.
0: Coco comes with the cops. Like, I, I um, come with cops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and what else? Are, what else is on your list?
1: Um, so I was listening to a cool. Um, I was listening to the Ralph Nader. I can't even talk. The Ralph Nader um, podcast. Mm-hmm. And he had um, someone um, talking about trial law, which I thought was re- really interesting. interesting. And then um, I also had a meeting with the the union presidents from the Holyoke police. <laughs> and that went really well. Okay. Um, I think it'll be nice to get them in here. It was a really great conversation. Um, we talked for like an hour. It was very... It wasn't light information, but mm-hmm. it was light conversation, and that's what I think uh, is a big part of what you and I work on. Yeah, um, you know, trying to talk about things that are really heavy, but n- not be too heavy, yeah,
0: in an approachable way, right? <laughs> right exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I, I am. Um, I, I think it was uh, refreshing. I don't know what they expected going in. I didn't know what to expect going in. So, but I mean, I, I, I'm me all the time. So, yeah. so I just take it as it comes. Yeah. You know. With a smile, and I, maybe if you smile, other people smile, it makes everything easier.
0: It's just like whatever <laughs> yeah. medicine has to go down, it's going to go down a little easier. Do you think it was a productive meeting overall? I thought
1: it was really productive, mm. so we can get into that a little bit, too. Okay. okay. Um, I think that's my main stuff. Uh, so we got CARE, mm-hmm. trial lawyers, yep. or trial law. Trial law. um, And the Holyoke Police union guys okay sounds Glad
0: good enough i mean i don't know we'll we, <laughs> we talk for hours <laughs> all,
1: right. all right well let's take a break so we can get into it
0: all right sounds good see you hey coco
1: hey terry what's going on hey
0: do you know what solidarity economy is
1: um I could probably lie, but I'm just going to say no.
0: You know what? That's okay. I'd rather you not lie. Uh, So for you and the many other folks who may not know what the solidarity economy is, uh, there's a gathering happening June 10th and 11th in Pittsfield. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. In Pittsfield. And mostly because we want to go all the way to Pittsfield, which is on almost on the border of New York Mm -hmm. and show those folks some love and talk about the solidarity economy. Which is um, all these various co-owned, shared, caring, loving kind of ways of thinking about the economy.
1: Very interesting. Very and interesting. And in a really fun place to ride to. So yeah. I'm into it. it gives <laughs> yeah. me a reason to go somewhere.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the 10th, they'll be at the, what is that? The Commons Park look at my notes here it's the 10th yeah the common park and then on the 11th they'll be at berkshire community college so the 10th is more of the fun kind of gathering hanging out uh time there's a skate park basketball court all that kind of stuff and there'll be folks that are tabling, and then on the 11th there we'll be more like speaking, sharing, talking, kind of things. So
1: sounds really cool. Um, what are the times on something like that?
0: Ooh, I you know what? I don't have I don't have the times right now, okay. <laughs> but I'll make sure to update <laughs> you on the times. I, I don't I don't know why I didn't write them down in my notes. That's okay. All right, we'll so figure it out. We'll and share f- it. Yeah, just just <laughs> call me. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Terry. Thanks You're for welcome. that update. Yeah, no worries. Hey, Terry. Hi, Coco. <laughs> have you been over to the Artery?
0: I have once.
1: What do you think about it? I liked it a yeah. lot. What is that?
0: It's a it's a place where you can go buy art.
1: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's some businesses popping up, which is pretty cool. The Artery is um, was actually funded by a grant, I believe, to open it up. So oh, nice. Um, and it's a space to allow local ar- local artists to um, consign their wares so they and it can be clothing literally or any kind of art um there's a lot of crafty stuff in there nice yeah. nice
0: i like I, I bought some candles out of there
1: <laughs> yeah i've definitely bought some candles yeah out of there, that's
0: too. a good place to buy and candles
1: it's a good place for gifts
0: yeah and you know this gets me into a conversation about collecting art i think we all should collect art we should so and connect collect your neighbor's art
1: it doesn't have to be like a million dollar art it just has to be fun and you have to like it and if you happen to support someone that you know or have met locally it's pretty cool too um so i just wanted to let people know that the artery is not open every day um it is on high street it's open thursdays through saturdays 11 to 5 and it's they have local artist stuff, and it's great for gifts. Um, they're at 289 High Street in Holyoke, um, and they do have a website. It's www.holyokeart.com. So um, they usually extend their hours when it gets warmer out, but we're not there yet. So if you need something, go over to the Artery and visit them Thursday through Saturday.
0: Awesome. See you there. Yeah. What are we doing here? Oh man. All right. I'm. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean back now because I can do that.
1: Why do I hear a song in my head as soon as you say that? Uh,
0: Cause uh, <laughs> well, for are a you long doing the rockaway over there? Yeah, for a long time we learned <laughs> that we don't dance. We just <laughs> we do just the rockaway. We
1: just pull up our pants. Yeah, yeah
0: do the <laughs> uh, I want to talk about care.
1: Oh yeah, what's what what about this care? Yeah, about care. Is I it think, warm and fluffy?
0: Um, so like I said, I was doing. We have a staff retreat um coming up and uh you know one of the my contribution to the staff retreat is to talk about care and i don't know like i think sometimes when we when we're asked about that asked about care what that means to us i don't know i think we get a lot of different ideas that pop up in our heads i know for me i was just like i'm very confused as to what
1: yeah, are we talking about, uh, talk about. <laughs> healthcare? Are we talking about childcare? We talking about self-care? Right.
0: Like, and and I think I think it's d all the above, right? Like, if you're talking about care, you're talking about all of it. And I guess here I can kind of get into, like, first of all, thinking to myself I, that the work as an organizer falls under the health and human services field, right? Mm. And so, in general, I think that like our work could be identified as care workers right Hmm. even though like we go door to door we may endorse political candidates we may even run ourselves as political candidates um, and we may like push for policy changes and those types of things but um, at the end of the day our work is really about care and I kind of this note to the side that like we are as organizers we are politicized or political care workers right and thinking about that like unlike your doctor or your uh, recovery coach or even a, a pastor or a minister um, who may try to avoid being political um, <laughs> we, we lean directly into it you know what I mean as being political folks who actually care so um, I, I, I don't know I, I, I can get into it a little bit more um, but I think the core of it was. I think the big revelation for me was Bell Hooks has like six ingredients to love, mm-hmm. right? And in her, hold on, let me let me pull up my notes. <laughs> pull up my notes. Hold on. Um, I don't even know where my notebook went. So at the top of her list, though, for her ingredients of love is care, Aww. right? And that was like the first and foremost. And the next part of our list is commitment. It's knowledge, responsibility, respect, trust. And those are the ingredients that make up, for bell hooks, that make up love. But I, I, I was, like, struck by care being at the top of that list, right? And and also care being something that we don't really know much about, right? <laughs> and don't know how to define, right?
1: Well, I think we, we, we talked a lot in our last episode about the uh, scarcity you know, the the fear of scarcity and how it's a really, a, you know, every every man for themselves, every man or woman mm-hmm, or other mm-hmm. for every themselves, person. every person, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone for themselves in this in this society that we live in. And it really doesn't allow for any care for for self-care, for health care, for community care, for for supporting one another or oneself. So I think this is a really great topic
0: that i mean for me that's in my notes what you just said is in my notes no way true story we've been hanging you know out I mean? a lot we've been hanging out way too much a whole hour <laughs> you know, once a week whole hour once a week <laughs> uh, yeah whole yeah way too long but no seriously that's that's in the notes like really yeah seriously hmm. because capitalism right teaches you not to care Right, capitalism oh, it teaches, teaches you, you to
1: care, but not about people.
0: But not about others. It teaches you to <laughs> care about yourself and about your profit. Right? right, that's what it's teaching you to care about, and it's teaching you to exploit others rather than to care for others. Right, in order to to make your ends to yeah. get your to get yours, so no one else gets. It's also interesting that you bring up the scarcity mentality because part of part of the the care understanding of care and as an organizer there's kind of like two roads that we can take as an organizer we can take this distributive like model of organizing which is to like give people things as much as we can and provide for folks as much as we can you can definitely do that and I think an example of that is maybe our welfare system, right? And right. like being able to provide for folks that are in need. But I think the other avenue that we can take, and this is also like something that is steeped in care, is an avenue that is focused on helping folks become more self, self-reliant, self right? right? And being able to determine And for that gets themselves. forgotten. Right.
1: Or I don't think it gets forgotten, but it seems like um, in that respect, a lot of our services are pretty tapped out, you know, with their their human power. Mm-hmm. And what I think is the most important part, <clears throat> excuse me, what I think is the most important part of these struggles is that latter portion that you're talking about, which is, you know, basically helping people understand, look, I can give you all these resources and I'm also going to tell you how to use them to get ahead. Right. And we miss that whole gamut, whether on purpose or by accident. It gets missed. It gets touched on in some communities, but I think that's a lot with... um Various community mentors, um, places like neighbor to neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes someone else to help you know what you don't know. Yeah, you know, because a lot of people don't even know what question to start with.
0: You full of all my segues, because because <laughs> the next because the next part of that right yeah. is also getting into this conversation of the difference between interdependency and codependency, right? right? Mm-hmm. And like, and you know, there's interdependency, there's codependency, and there's also independence i know we're trying to check the time but we're just gonna have to pause this don't look at my face <laughs> don't look at my squinty face yeah so like in in codependence which we've heard that term before and in, in a very negative light perhaps um is what we're doing is in a codependent relationship is we're enabling like negative behavior right but in an interdependent relationship. One that understands your value, my value, our value together. I'm trying to help lift you up rather than keep you in your same spot, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, that's where the sticky, slippery slope is between the difference, right? And again, this is all part of a staff retreat, so this is this what you getting is just the cliff notes, but like I. I kind of wanted to dive a little bit more into the difference between interdependency and codependence so that we kind of are fully understanding, like when we are working and developing and building out these also known as economies of care. Right. When we're working and building out these systems that we're we're aware of, like how far is too far. Right. Mm -hmm. And like being able to kind of step back and not provide those resources when it's time, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's in the human services work again, like they, we talk about um, termination, transformation, the ending of services, because we know at some point in time, a case manager's work, a recovery coach's work, a sponsor's work is gonna have to end. And so when that does end though, we, we have to hope that our client, that the person that we're caring for, that our members are in a better spot than when we first met them right. you know what it's I mean? almost
1: like a, almost like getting a grant you can apply for it all the time but eventually they expect you to be self-sufficient right, right?
0: yeah right you can go ahead and keep getting that money and like hoping that that's your but you, you need
1: to be planning for when they stop giving it that's to it you. Yeah. that's
0: it so what's your contingency plan yeah yeah
1: well i like this i mean it seems like we need to really as a as a society be struggling be striving more towards um, interdependence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not independence, and not codependence. But right. I like this—the idea of interdependence being a positive and a and an uplifting um, movement for a caring society.
0: There you go. And uh, nothing against being independent. You can be. Uh, you can be independent. You can go ahead Just and go Just don't for it.
1: stomp on people. That's it.
0: And recognize that like even in your inter- independence, you still have to be interdependent and still have to rely on others. Right. And still need each other. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's it. That's that all is, I that got. That was pretty
1: warm and fuzzy, that's, Terry. That's my. <laughs> all right. I, didn't, I, didn't
0: I like that. That's the warm and fuzzy from Terry. <laughs> all right. We'll be back. <laughs> hey, Coco.
1: What's up, Terry? What are you looking at over there?
0: I'm looking at the flyer for the healthy living passport through Explore Holyoke. Have you heard about that?
1: I haven't. What is that?
0: Okay, so a bunch of organizations have been coming together. Let's Move Hampton County 5210 has been bringing folks together and has been thinking about ways to get folks engaged in healthy living uh, activities. So uh, they put together a passport where you can join into these various like events and be a part of um, workshops and all those things and get stamps in your passport. And then be submitted in to raffle drawings so there's actually like real incentives behind like completing some of these tasks on the passport
1: well that sounds pretty cool and wh- why is it called healthy living specifically
0: because it's all about healthy living like really focused on like Movement, going out for walks, uh, joining in at the farmer's market, maybe taking classes at the YMCA or through Holyoke Health Center. So it's really focused on trying to get folks to make some healthy choices this summer.
1: So you can go get a passport and then you can like go to all these places with it and get little like get stars little yeah. <laughs> yes. Sounds fun.
0: so you can go to the YMCA Healthy Kids Day uh, and that is on the 29th of April so that one's coming up but you might miss that one um, and then there's also you can visit the Holyoke Public Library and the Summers Farmers Market to pick up Uh, A passport.
1: Very cool. I like it.
0: Yeah. And then stay tuned through the Explore Holyoke page to see what types of events are going to be associated with the passport.
1: Sweet. I like
0: it a lot. Awesome. Well, I hope to see you out there. Okay. What's up, Coco?
1: Hey, Terry. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not talk about cops yet.
0: All right. So we're not going (laughs) to talk about cops. We're going to talk about Ralph Nader instead.
1: Yeah. Something, some more warm and fuzzy, probably. I mean, it's all, I feel like this is all really good stuff. Like, so I was listening to the, Ralph Nader Radio Hour um, and he had a guest on um, that was speaking um, on and about the um, the American Museum of Tort Law okay and I just thought it was fascinating because I don't have a I mean I I'm on City Council but I don't have a like real deep desire to understand legalese all the time mm-hmm. which is you know not great mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, and I don't under- always understand how lawyering works mm-hmm. um, but this was this was really focused specifically on trial law okay. and how um, you know the powers that be are trying to get rid of the ability for people to take things you know for the public to take cases to trial because as a public we're not taking full advantage of the ability to do it Mm -hmm. and there's not a real understanding of you know what you can take um to the courts or who you can hire Mm -hmm. and you know again that goes around um financials like what people can afford and cannot afford but in this case trial lawyers tend to be tend to get paid based on you know whatever um, monies they get for your case Mm -hmm. and they specifically work on cases where someone got hurt somehow, whether it's through like an accident, you know, you see those like accident commercials or like uh, maybe a company wronged you or like a police department. We're seeing a lot of police department lawsuits from the public against the the departments, you know, nationwide. And what I thought was so interesting about this was, um, and I wish I would have wrote the lawyer's name down because he was pretty awesome, but he mentioned that a big part of the cases he... He takes on he encourages his clients to request um, a change in legislation mm-hmm. to improve whatever that person sued about okay. you know so a change in the police department if you sued the police department and you got paid um, or you're looking to get a settlement of some sort or, or you know whatever financials that part of your lawsuit include what you expect them to change in the police department as a condition of the lawsuit, right? You know, so I thought that was really interesting. And then also, he's talked about the other side where people settle because they need the money now. Mm-hmm. You know, so especially with like big companies, big box stores, etc., mm-hmm. they get away with settling because, you know, if you have a kid, let's or like a hospital malpractice, you know, maybe you had a baby in the hospital, the baby needs care because they did something wrong and broke the kid's arm or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe worse. um, That kid's going to need constant care and the hospital is willing to settle now for X amount. But if the person who's suing says, well, I want to not only sue, but I want to put this condition on that. Your hospital has to have so many people on staff at a time Mm -hmm. or, you know, your your workers have to have so much sleep you know they can only work certain amount of shifts at a time or certain hours like the hospital may say okay we can do that but that might we can we have you know like an unlimited supply of funds and we can like drag this out you know eternally so you'll just sit there and suffer and we'll be fine and you know this can just go on and on and on and in the meantime the care you need for your loved one you're just not getting and if you're struggling you can't afford to just wait so then you settle and it doesn't make the system better for the next person right now the same thing's going to happen again right
0: and and it is we see that everywhere right you see that in the healthcare industry i think we saw um we saw some of that happen with facebook uh facebook's payout i actually just got a message i I just got a message that I'm also, like, up for getting the TurboTax payout from Intuit um, mm. because they were falsely charging people to file their federal income taxes. Oh, you
1: need to forward that one to me.
0: And, and yeah, so I did. <laughs> I got I got that one in the email. And this is, like, only $30, but, like, there's all of these cases, right. right, that are happening. The long and short for me is, like, there's all these settlements and bigger cases that are happening because our rights are, are being infringed upon. And sometimes we don't even know what those rights may be and i i I love like and it just sounds it sounds like captain obvious to me that you would want to like change policy in some way so that this doesn't happen again you know what i mean right but the fact of the matter is is our corporations are so rich you know what i mean and so flush with cash that they they've already like in their projections in their financial possession projections already have written about how much money they might yeah. have, and to yeah, and then pay they out. write
1: that off. They that's write a, that off. <laughs> that's a business expense. So yeah. you get only thirty dollars. They change nothing, mm-hmm. and they write the whole five million dollar settlement off as like, you know, it's the price
0: of doing business, right? You know, and what it's I mean? pretty messed up. Yeah. It's yeah. cheaper
1: to settle for them.
0: Yeah, and and it, I think that even goes for like criminal cases, um, and it's cheaper for the 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 state and sometimes to settle a case rather than go the long way and. Yeah, it's a messy system. It's a really messy system here.
1: Well, I I mean there are ways to change it, but again, it, it it takes you know legislative action, which requires you know involvement by the public. And just a side note, um, that lawyer's name is Shannon Spector, and he um he teaches at Drexel Law and a couple other law schools, oh. and has his own practice where he specifically focuses on, you know, encouraging clients to to be the change they want to see, yeah. you know, if, and but he also said, you know, in the podcast, like, you know, I can't, I can see it from both sides. I want, to be part of the change but i understand people have needs Mm -hmm. you know so he's sensitive to the different situations
0: and there's been some interesting federal history when it comes to tort law i don't know if i feel like during under the bush administration there were some interesting tort reforms trying to lessen the amount of money that
1: um oh that happened yeah. yeah so yeah there are states where like you under tort law like you can't um you can't sue for more than like 250 grand or something, mm-hmm. in which case a lot of times it's not even worth it,
0: right. you know. Because you got to end up paying out attorneys, right. you got to end up paying court fees and like... And
1: the attorneys don't take it on because there's not enough in it for them because right. they're getting paid based on the settle- or the, the outcome. Right. You know, so it's a, it's a pretty vicious circle, but I mean, there was a term used um, asking the question, you know, how do we create an aroused public, mm-hmm. you know? And I think I just... I just heard it and thought wow what a great um what a great new word and a new way to describe like people just being available and sensitive and proactive Mm -hmm. you know
0: that's that's because they don't want to say woke right
1: well i think they (laughs) yeah i think it i don't think they didn't want to say woke i think they were like you know we need a new word because like saying woke is not enough and it doesn't it means something different to too many different places. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you want people to be riled up and and know what's going on and want to be a part of the change. Yeah. You know, like if people are not a part of the change, nothing changes. Right. And you know, it's kind of like your rights. When you don't use them, you lose them. Mm-hmm. And we see that happening all over the place. If people don't voice their rights, take their rights, um, use you know their rights and as demand. far as yeah. If you right. don't take action, take take advantage like there's things here for you
0: right and this goes back into care right this goes back into that that idea of care you create and build that infrastructure not because you're going to get rich off of it not because there's even like a current need for it but you do it because you care right period it's almost like um part of one of my examples and I'll, i'll we'll get out of this segment but part of my part of one of the examples is like thinking about um you know MRSA and what they call like what is that the antibiotic resistant strains of infections or whatever Mm. the case may be there is a cure for that Mm. but it is not like highly used and shared and widely spread because it's not profitable to give folks that cure means that like
1: they don't need you right drink more water people drink more water <laughs> drink more water and put the pills down that's it I
0: need some vegetables once in a while
1: you can get them at the farmer's market that's right
0: go to the farmer's market and get some vegetables all right
1: that's been a good combo thanks terry yep so terry
0: yes coco um
1: do you know where people can submit their events since it's the 150th year of Holy Oaks existence. And everybody wants to go to every event.
0: Oh my gosh, where can they submit their events?
1: Okay, well, exploreholyoak.com is a new site about all things Holy Oak. And they would love it if you're having an event that you send them the info so they can add it to their calendar and post your event and your space and all that goody stuff.
0: That's great. Can you do that in the microphone? (laughs) Uh. (laughs) What's next?
1: Um, it's time to talk about cops.
0: Oh, yay. But
1: we're talking about um the union in Holyoke. Okay. Um, Not all about the union, but I did have the pleasure to meet with um, two of the union um, officers, presidents, one of the supervisors and one of the patrol guys. Mm-hmm. And we had a really nice conversation for about an hour. We met at the... Public Library, oh. where we used to, where we started our podcast. Really, yeah, in that oh. same room. That's pretty cool. Oh,
0: our humble origins. <laughs>
1: Aw, yeah. So we were in there, and um, basically, they were really available to answer my questions about process and um, things like transparency. Um, and we talked about the audit a little. Um, we spoke about, you know, the the order that was put in where several counselors asked to have a police commission established in Holyoke. Mm-hmm. What um, was the
0: response to that?
1: They're not against it. Mm-hmm. Um, they feel like it's a, it's redundant because there's another organization that's statewide. Mm-hmm. So they would be interested in understanding how the, you know, how what we expect from the police commission versus what's already being done by this other organization. Um, that other organization was called um the the post commission mm-hmm. and it's a it's uh oh man i'm gonna have to cut that out <laughs> <laughs> it's a long pause yeah <laughs> um but it's a it's a commission based out of um you know the state house or whatever mm-hmm. and they already how do i explain it they already kind of police the police, mm-hmm. but it's relatively new. Mm-hmm. And so, my suggestion was that, well, obviously, we as the public need to know more about it because, as many know, I'm definitely not for spinning my wheels and doing every job three times and four times. If you're already doing it, mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I want to do this other thing that either complements it or fills in the gap. Mm-hmm. You know, so we talked a lot about kind of that mentality, like, and just getting to know each other and helping each other realize that, you know, we're we're on we're we're on the same team mm-hmm. and we're generally all um trying to get the same things done, but at the end of the day, there's like twenty roads that lead to that same building, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. we're gonna get there. It's just we have to start to figure out how to agree on which path to take because right. we don't have unlimited funding. We can't try every route. <laughs> you know, we don't have ten cars traveling at the same time to test everything out right um so we just talked a lot about. Yeah, like how the police is trying to do better, um how they have taken the police audit to heart. Mm-hmm. Um how how like they can be more more proactive. Mm-hmm. I mentioned I've mentioned a couple times that I think if the police Department in Holyoke had or any departments had like a newsletter the same way the mayor has a newsletter mm-hmm. It's it's kind of sharing things that people are questioning. Yeah, you know I shouldn't have to call someone at the police department every time a constituent asks me a question about what happened over here or What's going on over there if that information was relatively public regarding just like kind of regular? Information mm-hmm. you know um, if it's in the news People are asking us about it. Right. So what? how can the police department be proactive and say, you know, in, you know, maybe they say in a newsletter, yeah, we know you just probably saw this in the news. This is what's happening with it. This is the amount of information we can share at this time. Mm-hmm. You know, just have like a, like, we need more information being shared. Right. Nobody, I don't think anybody really feels like they want less information. Mm-hmm. You know, most people want to be heard and they want their questions answered. And unfortunately... In Holyoke for a long time questions haven't gotten answered they've just kind of gotten ignored right and so to even have um, to even have the Union guys you know tell me basically like yeah we want to share the information we can't share all the information but we don't have a formal you know route to share it and they thought a newsletter was a great idea but of course it's like okay who's gonna write it like right. you know because there's plenty of information let's gather it all up
0: and there's definitely plenty of different perspectives from mm-hmm. which that information can come from, too. Right. Yeah. So, like, because well, if, it's, if it's if it's a newsletter written by the union, and yeah. that seems like it's more cop shop talk. Well, it you would be I mean? a
1: newsletter written from the police department. Right. Like, the mayor's office newsletter is not written, you know, from M. Lasse. Right. Like, that's just not how it happens. <laughs> that's not how this works, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, you know... It if, has to
0: come from somewhere within the rank and file. Right. You know what I mean?
1: But all the new, You know, every, every organization does touch on things mm-hmm. you know but it seems like where we get the most silence tends to be from the police department mm-hmm. you know and the fire department you know some of the bigger entities like the school department shares a lot of information mm-hmm. i mean it shares so much information it's kind of hard to get through you know mm-hmm. but there's other entities that could share a lot more mm-hmm. i think
0: yeah so and it sounds like it was a productive meeting they are interested in working more with community members and being connected i mean that's a start, you know, yeah. um, and I again, and the, we've talked about this plenty of times with the police department is like a sensitive subject, right? Right. And like,
1: well, and I think that's what, you know, I, I I invited them to come and talk to us because, you know, I think it is important that we hear from the people doing the work, how they feel about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't always be speculation and anger. Right. Because that's how we got to where we are. Right. You know, we all need to take a moment and breathe and smile and let people tell you what they do all day, right. why they do it, what they're doing to change it, why it's not being changed. You know, like everything's not so simple.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you went in there. I'm glad you met with them. I know that it probably was hard um, and I don't agree with the, the, the post commission idea. <laughs> like, I mean, I think we we said that the same thing with the Office of Tenants, Tenant Protections. You right. know, Like, sure, there should be a statewide office, but I think there also should be a municipal one, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because. I think what ends up happening when you put all of the responsibility on a statewide office, then you're saying, "Well, let the state deal with it." The state's not here all the time, you yeah. know what I mean? The state's not seeing and and responding to, and even speaking the language of like our community members. And um, and I, and I, I was also a little cross-eyed because I'm like Springfield just had like through consent decree had to initiate a police commission, right. you know what I mean? And so it's just like, oh, the federal government sees that there's a need. In Springfield, for one, you know what right. I mean. So,
1: well, and I think I think um, it's also along those lines. I'm I'm I don't think anybody's saying that there are things we don't need. Mm-hmm. I think I know what I'm saying is that we need things that fill in the gaps of from what other organizations right. miss. I don't want to see us trying to do the same thing that the state organization does. Right. You know, and apparently the state organization would overrule anything we do anyway Mm -hmm. so it really doesn't make sense to try to take on this exact same roles but in order to not do that we have to know what their roles are and so for at this point I need more information about the post commission what they actually do what they actually don't do Mm -hmm. and I think if we you know if and when we go along the lines of establishing a police commission which I think is a great idea we should know what we're asking them to do and make sure it's just not another one of these committees, organizations, offices that's doing mm-hmm. the exact same thing as the place across the street fighting for the same money to do it.
0: Right. And and uh, like I said, in the audit, there's a lot of things for the police department to work through. Mm-hmm. And so like and again, there there may be opportunity for them to use the excuse that oh we, that's a lot of work i can't do that all by myself and this is where mm. a commission may also be helpful in helping to like get some, some of those of that things. load right, off right yeah. and and it's not to say that all of that is the responsibility of citizens or like whoever sits on that committee right but just that okay we'll help you work through and prioritize some of those things that the department should be working through you know what i mean yeah and, yeah yeah well
1: and i also i also thought it was interesting i brought up um body cameras and they seemed all for it. So mm. you know, I think there's a, there's a narrative. and then there's like all these different sides of the story.
0: Yeah.
1: So I think the more peop- the more conversations everyone has in general, the better informed you are, the better the better you can understand one another. And if we're talking about care, mm-hmm. if I care enough about my community to, you know, complain about something, make a phone call about something, I also need to care enough about the people who serve my community to ask them questions directly Mm -hmm. and respect that this is what they do for a living and know that they are really available and happy to answer. Right.
0: Right. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for having that. And, uh, and I hope, I hope something really great comes out. I look forward to the police commission. I'm going to hold hope for that in particular. So
1: absolutely. Gotcha.
0: Awesome. Well, all right. We'll be back. Talk soon.
1: (laughs) That was awesome. Terry. Thanks so much for doing this today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Doing what? What would I do?
1: <laughs> well, you talked about care.
0: Okay. Yeah, I I just want people to care more. I do. Too. We, you know what we didn't talk about? No. The weather.
1: Whoa! It's <laughs> warm out, y'all. I got on a t shirt.
0: It's so nice out. Hey. You listen, overdressed today. I did because my house is cold.
1: Yesterday was cold, too. Yeah, it was cold in my house.
0: Yo, I, I will. These old houses, man. You know what? In closing, I do want to shout out um, UMass and the uh, Energy Transition Institute okay uh so on monday there was this really awesome like community uh based uh research project that took place at el mercado and uh participants got free food and 40 bucks which was a big draw but i think the conversations that happened at the table were equally as important and equally as special um there were a lot of conversations about climate change A lot of conversations about like climate migration, Mm. Um, a lot of conversations about like community members having a choice and being able to decide over where their energy comes from and um, how they consume that. And uh, especially if they're tenants. Right. And um, so, yeah, it was really it was interesting to kind of get into and start like diving into the early conversations of like the green future of Holyoke. I mean, I think that that conversation has been going on for a long time. But I think these always feel like beginning conversations when you got such a large group of people together who haven't traditionally been in that space and having those conversations. So, um, and I don't know how I got onto that. I think oh, because part of that research was thinking about how we use energy in our homes, right? Um, and thinking about how we cool our homes. And then I was sitting there, as I was answering the questions, I was like, yeah, my house is never like just right. I'm, I'm.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we we have old systems. Right? Yeah, it's, it's we like... have these old systems where, it, it, to update a house built in in my example 1890, um, I have radiators, I have gas, um, and what you get is what you get. The radiators get hot, and then the room heats up to the temperature on the thermostat, and then it shuts off and, and it kicks on again when the cold air hits the thermostat, the one thermostat in the house. So there could be a room warmer than another because if there's a same size radiator in a little room, that room's like a thousand degrees. But the main room is like 56, 56 degrees. And you got
0: <laughs> space heaters on and a, and a heating blanket yeah. and you're running around with caulk trying to cover up all the cracks and insulation like, yeah. Covering but your windows But it's with really plastic. hard
1: to update a house like that. Or it's not, I shouldn't say it's hard. It's incredibly expensive. That's what it is. And so when you have um, a city with older infrastructure and you have people selling their buildings and houses and moving out of town and shutting all their um, Holyoke gas and electric uh, connection off. Mm-hmm. And then they suddenly sell their house two years later and they want the gas to come back on. They find that they have to update their system mm-hmm. because in Holyoke you only have a year, or I shouldn't say only. You have a, f- you can as long as you don't leave your pa- your services off for a year, you can still turn them back on. Mm-hmm. But if you have services for gas specifically that are off for a full year, mm-hmm. when you go to reconnect, they say, you know, sorry, we can't do that nope anymore. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean that's why we we had that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. To even get in just get folks thinking about that and having that conversation. Cause the one thing that we did find is like, yeah, a lot of these folks are renters. And so making those changes aren't on them really, it's right. on their landlords. And then the other part is, is like, these are a lot of these folks are low income folks. You know right. what I mean? So how are they going to afford that? And we understand that through uh, Biden's uh, justice 40 um, outlines and which specifically states that 40% of the federal funding that is coming out of various, Packages, various spending bills. Forty percent of that funding should go directly to communities historically marginalized and disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. But still, like that money is probably going to go to some intermediary, middleman, middle person. You know what I mean? I mean, I
1: can definitely imagine. I don't know this for a fact, but I can definitely imagine that if you're if you buy a building in Holyoke and you need some of those funds to put in new, you know, new more efficient systems, you're going to get access to those. But a lot of people doing that right now are turning. Um, what were low-income, you know, housing or affordable housing spaces into um, not-so-affordable mm-hmm. spaces. Not so, so yeah. I you know, I think it's pretty messed up. People are totally double-dipping, mm-hmm. you know, and I just think the bar's set too low for how we um, – monitor how we hold people accountable for what funding is actually supposed to be used for
0: yeah and i think it also gets into this conversation about what's a real solution what and what's a false solution right and like i think that the tax credits are really great for folks who can access and and understand how to utilize those tax credits to the best of their benefits but if you're a low-income person how are those tax credits truly going to like benefit you
1: They're supposed right. to trickle down Oh Yeah they're supposed to trickle Oh they're so- Yeah it's the top down model
0: Oh okay so If
1: I do better mm-hmm. Then you might feel The impact,
0: you maybe, maybe, possibly 67% of the time, maybe. kind of do better. Like, okay, oh, but okay. probably not. But probably not. You're probably going to end up being displaced. That's really what's going to happen. That's what's really, <laughs> what's really good, though. What's really good is you're about to not have your home. That's mm-hmm. what's about mm-hmm. ready to happen. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I know we were supposed to close out this episode, but it's, we,
1: we're still closing. Yeah. And we're, okay, we're just going to talk about this. Stuff is the that long because good- it's our podcast, oh, and we right. can do whatever we want,
0: and we can have a long goodbye. The Midwestern, <laughs> way. Real you long I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> no, but um, I just I just wanted to shout out ETI and the Energy Transition Institute and Krista Harper. If you listen, ever listen to this podcast, thank you so much for putting that together. That'll be um, listener number eight, right? Listener number eight, and all the researchers <laughs> that are in that room um, who have been surveying. I think you mentioned there were folks that were doing surveys from the Office of Sustainability. Yeah. So some of those folks have been at the Holyoke uh, Public uh, Farmers Market almost called it the public market we don't have one of those yet
1: working um, on it yeah
0: i'm working on it <laughs> but anyway yeah so that's it that's all i got
1: well thanks terry this has been awesome <laughs> all right
0: cool looking coco.
1: forward to see you for another hour next week
0: oh uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> one and done
1: <laughs> bye y'all peace <laughs> this has been another exciting episode of adventures and organized chaos i'm terry and i'm coco
0: We'll see you next week. All right,
1: then. See ya.